Welcome to Innovations in Leadership, a Success League radio production. This is a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are designing and implementing the best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by the Success League, a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. My name is Kristen Heyer, and I'm the host of Innovations in Leadership and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm joined by Evan Rich, who's the VP of Operations and Global Services for NS1. Evan recently wrote an article for the Success League's blog called Scaling a High-Touch Model to Drive Customer Expansion. Evan and I thought it would be interesting to talk more about this topic on the podcast today so that he can get into a little bit more depth. So Evan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kristen. I'm excited to be back. So tell us a little bit about how you made your way into the field of customer success. Yeah, so I think like most CS leaders, I had a bit of a circuitous path to where I wound up in the CS world. So I'd started out my career in the advertising tech space as a business analyst. And so in that role, I was really analyzing the performance of customer success management and account management teams. And I thought it would be cool to actually go and be a practitioner of that and take what I learned from that experience and go build out my own customer success team. And so I ventured out to do that and spoke with a number of different leaders and was looking to get into more of a technical space. And so I really hit it off with Chris Beavers, who's the CEO at NS1. We met for coffee almost seven years ago. So it's been quite a while. It has been a while. Yeah. And then we pitched Chris on, on launching a customer success function. And so that's what we did, you know, six and a half, almost seven years ago. And we've now scaled out to a customer success support and professional services team of 25 individuals. So it's been a great experience. And that's that's how I wound up in customer success at least. That's exciting. Yeah, I love your career story. I think it really demonstrates how, you know, when you get into a company, there are lots of ways you can kind of expand what you're doing. And it's been really fun to watch you navigate that over the past few years, you and I have known each other. Tell us a little bit about NS1. What does the company do? And and then also, what are the components of your current team? We like to think of ourselves as sort of the phone book of the internet, which is a bit of a dated reference. But I think about us really as being at the center of all things applications. So any application that you interact with on your phone or just through your internet browser or what have you, like a LinkedIn or a Dropbox or a Salesforce, the tech teams in those organizations are all using NS1 to power their applications. So we don't necessarily sit front and center for most consumers, but all of the great technologies that you might interact with on a day-to-day basis, NS1's tech is sitting behind steering end users toward the most optimally performant data centers or CDNs that are ultimately connecting those users to those great applications. So in layman's terms, you help all these great applications go really fast, right? That's right. That's okay. We got to get you on staff, Kristen, to to work on some of the messaging. That's great. <laughs> so tell me more about the components of your team. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, right, within our services organization, we have a customer success team, which are more sort of uh, high touch focused, working with our enterprise customers. We've got our 24-7, 365 support organization. That group, as you'd imagine, is stationed all over the globe. So that presents its own challenges and complexities. That group is really being more reactive to all of our customers, not just our enterprise customers. And then our professional services team 
is an expert onboarding team. So they work with our you know most advanced customers to get them onboarded to the platform with both our, our software and our SaaS subscription services. Got it. It's a good sized team at this point. I think when you and I first started working together, it was mostly just you and yeah. like a couple of other people pretty quickly, but yeah. So it's grown into a really good sized group. Yeah. On the CSM side in particular, I think that's probably what we'll spend the bulk of, of our conversation talking about. That group has really evolved quite a bit over the last couple of years. And, and it's been interesting as the business has grown. At first, they were purely focused on you know, servicing a small number of enterprise customers. And as our customer base has evolved over the last several years, that has needed to change a bit. And so that's where some of the changes I wrote about in the most recent piece on the Success League blog sort of came into play. Well, let's talk about your article. You had, I thought, a really great analogy in your article to a restaurant. Can you take us through that analogy and then talk about the different players that are in there? This is really kind of the core of what we're going to talk about today. So let's present that to the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to admit, this is not my original analogy. I've borrowed this after some great conversations with a couple folks in our team, Jess, who leads our marketing team, and Lauren, who's a new member of our customer success management team. We'll say we workshopped this over the course of several conversations. And so it inspired me to write about it. So I have to give credit to Lauren and Jess. But at a high level, we're thinking about sort of the different pieces of the puzzle that we have in our company. So our product team, we have different product managers for each of our enterprise products. We have a marketing team that includes corporate marketing and PR, and it also includes product marketing. And we actually have a customer marketing member of the team as well, which is really exciting. That was a new addition in the last couple of years, and that's been a great resource for us. And then, as I mentioned, within our customer success team, we've got enterprise CSMs. And then just recently, we brought in uh, somebody to join the team as more of a a tech touch focused person. So I'll, I'll dig more into that in a bit. But the sort of conversation that we were having that really sparked this idea was NS1 as a restaurant, you know, who's playing what parts and and how can we all work together to put the best food out there, so to speak. And so what we settled on was your product manager is the chef who's designing the menu, your marketing team, that's your, your kitchen staff. Those are the folks who are really plating all of your different offerings and figure out how do we present this in a way that's going to really catch the customer's eye and get them excited. And then, you know, the customer success group, these are your servers or your wait staff. They're trying to figure out what do the customers actually want. And if you think about how they would arrive at that in your, you know, sort of small family restaurant, you would expect, you know, that you've got the regulars that come in, the wait are out there, right? They're having conversations with people. They know what are the best selling dishes. They're recommending certain things. They've built relationships with those individuals. I think of that very similar to how you might run actually a high touch model with customers. But then you also really like in a larger, like uh, more corporate driven, like a restaurant chain, right? You're going to see things being more data driven. The servers don't really have the ability to change the menu. Maybe they'll recommend a few things here or there, but they're not going to know the customers by name necessarily. And so what we arrived at is we kind of want the best of both worlds and we want our team to be engaging with our diners, so to speak, in such a way they've got data that tells them, you know, what people tend to like based on different demographic information or other things that we've collected through market research and conversations. And then also, you know, those anecdotes are really valuable and those really enrich the flavor of the menu. So that's what we've been working on is how do we blend those two approaches together to create a cohesive 
great experience for our customers. Yeah. So, you know, I like the restaurant analogy because I think it's easy and most people have had that experience in restaurants and it's a good way to kind of think about it. And I love that, you know, you're thinking about the scalability of it too. And and a lot of people right now are thinking about how do they scale their customer success efforts or, you know, really their customer experience across all of the teams that you mentioned. So just like in a restaurant, all the teams really need to work in concert in order to achieve the best results. How did you ensure that you had the leaders of each team aligned? Yeah. So this has been an ongoing effort for a couple of years, actually, even though we've just more recently said, we're going to intentionally make this shift toward uh, a tech touch model. We've been working at this for quite a while. So I've been working with my peers within the product organization and the marketing organization for a couple of years to be able to say, hey, how do we actually you know, work collaboratively in a way that makes a difference for customers? And so the first thing we started working on was just collecting the right data. And what we found is there's a lot that actually, you know, makes a large enterprise customer look like maybe a smaller SMB type company. And so if we can identify those common threads in what those customers are looking for, we can go and sort of group them together. And the same type of content uh, that our CSMs are sort of just organically generating for customers and communicating with them on a one-on-one basis If we get that team working, the CSM team working with our customer marketing team, for example, and actually spinning up ideas and saying, hey, I've reached out to customer X about this thing that we're working on, about this way to use our tech, and it really resonated with them. And the customer marketing team said, well, I have this whole segment of customers that's really interested in these particular use cases that align to that. Then the customer marketing team can work with the CSM to go and generate a campaign off of that and go and put that out there to that segment of customers and see how that segment reacts to that. And then we refine from there. So that's just really one example of how getting all the leaders aligned on this is how we're going to work collaboratively with each other can really energize the entire team to work together and ultimately produce great content that's really going to get customers excited. And also you just learn a lot from when you put those things out there, you learn a lot, you collect more and more data, and then you can go and refine that and continue to iterate on it when you are trying to communicate with customers. Yeah, I really like the idea of just collecting what you've got and then iterating on it later. I think too many people sort of wait around until they're in the perfect data scenario before they're doing anything. And that's risky because you're waiting and you shouldn't be waiting. You should just keep moving. You can always adjust things as you go and that's okay. But, you know, working with what you've got initially is, I think, the best approach. So I'm glad you did that. Hopefully not too negative of a question, but as you start to move towards scale, obviously some things start to fall apart. And where did you see friction points or notice things kind of starting to fall away as you scaled? Yeah, I can be really candid about this because this was really what spurred on this investment in Tech Touch. You'd like to think that we just spontaneously said, you know what, we should do a Tech Touch program. (laughs) this This is a consequence of, when you're growing really quick, you've got you know hundreds of enterprise customers that are clamoring for that same you know really high touch experience that you've been giving them since day one, and you've only got a small team of CSMs, and you're trying to make that scale. The bottom line is that it it just really does not scale. We've made this change out of necessity because we ultimately could not support you know hundreds of, bordering on close to a thousand 
enterprise customers with a handful of CSMs. And it really didn't make sense for the business to scale the CSM team up to that level to continue providing that same level of quality experience. And so what we ultimately you know, initially concluded was, all right, well, we have to take CSM resources away from customers, which can be a really painful experience and, and can ultimately drive churn, which we obviously want to avoid. And so our initial rationale was, all right, we're just going to, you know, cap it and say we're not giving CSM access to customers below a certain revenue threshold. And that ultimately, you know, sort of stave off the challenge we were facing in terms of scaling. But we really felt like there was this whole class of customers that we had created that wasn't having that great S1 experience that we really feel differentiates us from other players in our space. And so that really surfaced the need for this type of tech touch program. And so it was the scaling challenges that led us to go down this route and say, hey, how can we create as close to that you know, same high quality, high touch experience for all of our customers? And what we ultimately discovered, like I was mentioning earlier, is that the things that our CSMs do on a one-off basis so well in business reviews and other engaging conversations with our enterprise customers, our top enterprise customers, we can offer that same type of experience to the next couple of tiers down of customers from a revenue perspective. But we need to have a person in place who has the experience with building campaigns, more of a marketing or a business development type skill set, as opposed to a traditional CSM back, get that person in place to go and scale that operation out so we can scale the work that our CSMs are doing out to many more customers. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question, which is really, what do you see as the ideal scenario at scale? I I realize you're kind of in the middle of this still, but how do you envision the teams working together in more of that tech touch or digital environment? I'm really intrigued by the concept of it's all one team. And I want it to get to a point, this is getting into maybe a little bit of AI technology down the road, but at least in the interim with us doing this in a more, you know, mechanical way, I think the opportunity to, or rather the, the, we want our customers to feel like the experience that they're having with the CSM versus the experience that they're having with our, let's call them our tech touch CSM program, that those are not a materially different experience and that they sort of blend together so that if, uh, let's say, a customer who doesn't have a CSM by default, if they reach out and they really need help with something, we have a, a human, a CSM, who can jump in and help because we've now freed up their time with scaling this tech touch program. But for most of what they need to engage with us on, for most customers, including some of our top enterprise customers, the tech touch program should be able to meet most of their needs such that between the tech touch program and the human CSM, that those lines kind of blur a little bit and they're getting a little bit of what they need from each provider, so to speak. And that ultimately they're getting the great NS1 experience through a blended approach. And it's just a like a throttling a little bit like your top customers are going to maybe be 90% CSM and 10% tech touch versus some of your SMBs might be 90-10 in the other direction. But ultimately that should all feel like the same great experience. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about tech touch and high touch, we sort of make the assumption that high touch is better than tech touch and that one is good and one is bad. I mean, it's just kind of human nature to sort of think of it that way, but it isn't. Sometimes people would prefer a digital and kind of engagement uh, with your company, even if they're a very big customer. So I think it's neat that you guys are actually paying attention to the data 
and using data to inform the journey for your customers, because I think that's really important and it keeps you from getting in that trap. Yeah. I think just to echo that point, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that's really exciting to me about this tech touch approach is that we can do a lot of experiments. It, it can be tough for an individual CSM to experiment customer by customer. But if we have a hypothesis that, you know, these hundred customers, let's say, have something in common uh, in terms of how they use our tech, and we're going to go and run a campaign with them and experiment and see how they react to that. It's much easier to do those sorts of A-B tests. And especially if you have someone who's got an expertise in that from a business development or marketing background, like we do with the person we brought in to run our Tech Touch program, as well as our customer marketing person who sits in the marketing organization, that can really help us learn a lot more in a much shorter amount of time and then iterate on that. And then we'll take some of those learnings to our enterprise CSMs and they can go and experiment with some of those on a smaller scale with, you know, targeted approaches with individual customers. That's great. Yeah. How far along would you say you are in the process of scaling? And what are some of the initiatives that you've put in place? Yeah, so we're still pretty early days on it so far. And part of that is just being able to get all of the data together and really figure out how to segment our customers properly. If you're an NS1 customer, you are getting uh, different outreach from our Tech Touch program already. So we are experimenting. We've run a few different campaigns to try and engage customers and get a feel for certain features, for example, that we believe really drive stickiness. So in our business, we have this concept of routing rules, which we call filtered. And your average customer may use these a little bit or may not use them very much at all. And that can be a risk in terms of you know how sticky that customer is. Um, mm-hmm. because some of the other competitors to our business out there um, that don't have those advanced capabilities, as an upmarket provider, it's really important that we get our customers leveraging those features so that we can ultimately pre- provide a differentiated experience. So we've run a few campaigns already trying to educate customers on these different advanced features, specifically targeting customers that we believe based on how they're using our product today or based on different you know data points we have about what type of business they are. If we have a hypothesis that this type of tech can really enhance their experience with our technology, then we're going to go and put that in front of them. So we're still, as I said, early days, so we don't have meaningful results yet. But I'm really excited by the ability that we have now to run these types of campaigns and A-B test and do all these different things so that we can quickly learn from those experiences and figure out how best to optimize for future campaigns. So I think it's going well so far. Great. So to kind of wrap things up, Evan, what is the biggest piece of advice that you would give to a fellow executive about scaling? This is a very timely question because I I just had this conversation with somebody else recently who's going through some of the earlier stages of scaling pressure that we had gone through in our business. And I think there's a temptation, especially if you're growing at, you know, sort of rocket ship speed to say, let's just keep hiring CSMs and go and get more and more people loaded on to our ship. And then we'll just, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And, you know, we did not take that path. And I feel really good about that choice, primarily because the scaling pressures hit very quickly. You have to train all of those people. Your processes probably don't scale, or maybe, you know, as an earlier stage business, you don't have those processes in place yet. And so, you know, Really, my biggest piece of advice to that individual that I'd give to anybody is at some point you will have to take a step back, pause and say, what am I going to have to take away? Right. And so it's better to do that sooner rather than later once all of your customers get really 
you know, really entrenched and they're valuing all of these different great things that you're providing for them on a one-to-one basis. And so if you can pause earlier rather than later and say, hey, here are the things that, you know, I must keep for my top tier customers. Here are the things that I must keep in place for the next tier customers. And then start to think about what is the sort of approximate tech touch program that you would put in place to supplement those must-haves at each level. I think that that will ultimately create an easier transition and it won't feel like you're taking things away from customers. It'll feel like you're just offering a slightly different version of the same service. And so being really planful in preparing what are those things that we can offer that are a close approximation of what our great CSMs do today for our enterprise customers, like we've done here, and then supplementing in those more tech touch type programs. I think that can make a big difference and ultimately stave off any sort of retention risk that might result from that sort of ripping off of the bandaid and and removing those services. And also, right, helps avoid a situation where you're just hiring like crazy. And, and we know that that's something that's probably not going to scale. Right. Right. Okay. Last question. And this is the one that we ask all of our guests. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success today and why? I'll talk about something that's related to what we've been discussing here, which is data-driven analysis and being able to leverage AI to augment the size of your team and not having to scale your organization massively, especially we have a support organization that's part of our customer success team as well. And so we've been leveraging AI through different platforms for quite some time in order to accelerate our response times on support tickets and really try to sort of defend our support team's time and allow them to focus on solving more complex and challenging customer questions and and really sort of uh, leave those rote type responses to the AI. So that's something that we've embraced on the support side. It's not something we've embraced yet on the customer success side. And I think that when I talk to other CS leaders, I'm really excited about some of the things that you know seem to be happening on that side. Because if we think about what we've just been talking about here with a tech touch program, you could see a world where some sort of business intelligence tool is able to identify the different types of, you know, different segments for your customers or the different areas of interest or based on the way that a customer is using your technology, some ways that you can really add value for them, and then generating some sort of communication to those customers based on their usage of your product. I've spent some time working with a couple of early stage startups that are working on these sorts of things as an advisor, and I'm really excited about the sort of trajectory that they're taking here and bringing these tools that have been pretty available to support leaders for quite some time and now extending those to customer success leaders who can leverage them as well. Yeah, I think it's really neat the number of new tools that are coming out in the AI space that are specific for customer success teams. And I think there's going to be a lot for us to work with. That is a really exciting space in our field right now, I think. Do you have any tools that you recommend? So there are some uh, stealth apps that are just being released. So I'll plug one, which I'm really excited about. I've been working with the founders. This is a tool called uh, Pace, the Pace app. And so what we're working on there, and we've actually been piloting some stuff with our team, is trying to extract data from our platform, from the platform that our customers engage with, taking that information and putting it into sort of a, a, a simplified export that our CSMs would be able to look at and, and be able to figure out pretty quickly, you know, 
what are some of the features that our customers are using or what are some trends in the usage data that we're seeing and how does that inform the way that the customers are using our product? And that would ultimately be something that we could potentially put in front of our customers in the form of email communications or some sort of marketing campaign. Like most things, (laughs) still early days, but it's something that I'm really excited about. So the company is called Pace? Yeah, the company is called Pace. Yeah. Nice. Okay, great. Well, Evan, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me about scaling today. I know that a lot of people in our audience are facing the exact same challenge that you faced. So I'm sure they appreciate your advice and ideas today. If someone wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, of course, Kristen. So um, you can email at evan at ns1.com or I'm on LinkedIn. And that's that's my only social media exposure at this moment. So Evan Rich on LinkedIn, you can uh, hit me up there. Happy to continue the conversation. Cool. Well, Evan, thanks again. I also want to thank our producer, Russell Bourne, and our audio expert, Nico Rivers. This podcast is a production of Success League Radio. To learn more about the Success League's consulting and training offerings, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. For more great customer success content, follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL customers on Twitter. You can subscribe to Success League Radio on Apple, Google, Amazon, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.